Good afternoon or good night, depending on what time you're listening to this. This is Naja Hall with I Know I'm Crazy Podcast. So today, I'm really crazy because I'm sitting here with my husband and we were about to have a fight in real life. And I was like, oh, babe, wait, come here. Let me record this so everybody could hear it. And okay, it's not a real fight. It's a disagreement. And I'm going to give you all my side. And he can come in and tell you his theory and I'll tell you why he's wrong. And then that'll be the end of the podcast. Okay, so you all know that the reason that I am one of the most successful step family, blended family coaches out here is because I literally help people shift their mindsets. And one of my key ways of doing that is teaching my clients and those of you that watch my videos and listen to podcasts and uh, my audience, is to align your expectations with your reality. That keeps you from being disappointed. That keeps you from having anxiety. That keeps you from having these bouts of sadness and disagreements because when you align your expectations with your reality, you literally are saying, all right, the the, the sky looks cloudy today. I think it might rain, you know? What I teach you to do is go get a doggone raincoat and an umbrella and prepare for that. But Tony, he's also a mindfulness guru. You guys have met him before, y'all. He's 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 jumped in on a couple episodes here and there for a few seconds with me. Um, he, you know, he's big into mindfulness books. He, I learned a lot from his mindset actually. And in passing, as he was closing out a trade because he he does uh, day trading. It's called day trading, right, babe? He's, he's taken been taking that on for about six months now, and he's been doing really well in it. And, you know, he's reading books from all these guys that, and, well, I think it's all men, right? Because probably no women. Also, you're saying you're sexist because you don't read books from women. Okay, so that's one strike against him, ladies. Just keep that in mind when we're voting on who wins later. <laughs> so he's been reading all these books, and he said something to me today in passing, and he said, your expectations create your reality. And I was like, no, dude, that is not, I said, that is wrong. These books are wrong. Your expectations create your reality. If you want to end up nuts, if you're like, if the, if, the, if the sky has clouds in it, it's expecting it to rain, but you're like, you know what? I'm not expecting it to rain. Do you think it's all of a sudden going to stop because you're not aligned with reality? So Tony and I have two totally different principles and I kind of, I wanted to talk this out to get a deeper understanding on what the heck he meant when he said that. So I'm going to hand this mic over to him and he's going to introduce himself and he's going to tell you his his crazy theory. Hello. um, Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Naja, I uh, appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to come here. And yeah, you're right. This is totally impromptu, but I, I totally respect and also appreciate your perspective. Um. And I blah, can blah, see. Blah. Get on with it, Tony. I, no, 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 no. Allow me. Allow me this introduction, because <laughs> <laughs> because I can see how um, you've used this philosophy and how you've applied it to people who maybe grasp to it. And I don't want to. I don't want to undo, but I do propose to kind of improve upon your understanding of it because um, I've I've studied and now I've come to accept the 
rules of persuasion and the rules of expectation. And when I said um, that the expectations create our reality, it, it's very much true. Um, as teachers, as leaders, um, coaches, we have an, a, a responsibility to our uh, students or our clients or whoever it is or our, uh, under our influence. We have an, uh, um, a responsibility to them to create an expectation. Um, and that's how we then drive reality. For example, if I were a basketball coach, then um, my objective would be with the players, you not only to train them, you know, to condition them, but to create an expectation about their performance. We have to define reality by creating an expectation. And doing that, what we would say is, for example, we will see a 2% growth um, per month. And then what happens is that expectation becomes the definition for their performance. So then every action that a person or an individual will take will be subconsciously geared towards accomplishing the expectation so that they can fulfill the expectation that you have. That is how our expectations are to create our reality. And what it does is it gives us more responsibility and more control over the outcome of our reality. You know, I think that what, not to, to undo what you've said, but what you do, it, it allows us, or it puts us in a position to become reactive to whatever happens, and it kind of limits our ability to control our, our reality. Um, so what happens a lot of times, people will have unfavorable outcomes, will have unfavorable results, and then we're expected to react to those things as opposed to creating those up front. I think that in a lot of our interpersonal relationships and a lot of our um, careers, we can define those things up front, especially with our children or with our significant others. You know, we can let them know that, hey, I expect to go out on Saturdays and we're going to have dinner and a movie. If that's the expectation, then, you know, it may not happen this first Saturday, but over time, would you continuously reinforcing that expectation? Then the spouse, significant other, whoever it is, they, be, they begin to behave in a way that aligns with the expectation. So in the sense, what we've done with our expectations is we've created our reality. If we tell our children that, hey, you know, you get up out of the bed, first thing you do, make your bed, brush your teeth, um, wash your face, go down and have breakfast. If we continuously reinforce that expectation, then the reality is over time, our children will get out of bed, make up their, make up their bed, brush their teeth, wash their face, go downstairs and have breakfast. It's just the way it happens. Reality will always, always universally, without any kind of doubt, hesitation, or whatever, it'll always line up with our expectation. Okay, so I, I was listening very carefully to see where you're wrong and I was right. So I think the difference in our theories is the end goals. Because when I teach people to align their expectations with their reality, it's more in a sense of the things that they have no control over. And you you know the work that I do, babe. It's it's blended family, it's self-help work and a lot of people that come to me are in the throes of conflict and you all know if you're a if you have a conflicted person in your life then you they're probably the thing that you have the least control over you know you can't control their temperament you can't control their actions and I teach people to 
l learn their pattern study this person's pattern you know let's, let's as a matter of fact i want to keep this conversation kind of centered on the subject matter on families and people and personalities so i'm teaching them to learn this person's patterns study their patterns if they show you that unequivocally anytime you ask them for a favor you ask them to do something or you just even expect them to uphold a court ordered agreement and they don't do it that becomes an expectation that that becomes their your reality your reality is you're dealing with a person that's not gonna follow the rules and so in that sense if you walk around with the expectation that you know what next friday they're gonna show up on time to pick up and drop off or they're gonna let me talk to the kids or they're gonna um you know go lower the child support like they said or whatever whatever you're expecting but if this person has showed you time and time again that that's not who they are they don't want to help they want to make your life a little bit harder then that's your reality so expecting this person to rise to to your reality is going to leave you hurt and disappointed but i think what you're saying is no. to uh, okay well all right so yeah what I, I agree with what you're saying but the the, the the i think the element that you're leaving out is our responsibility or even our power to influence that and it's not something that i'm saying that will happen overnight or it'll happen i mean it's always a process and you're right certain behaviors be tend to become a pattern which can appear as reality but what we have the responsibility and the power to do is to communicate our expectation. I think in a lot of these situations um, with families and, uh, you know, conflicted individuals, we don't communicate our expectations to the other party. And, and it's, not a it's not necessarily a communication that's going to be um, an order. You know, hey, I need you to do this. I need to do this. But it should be a communication where we clearly are able to convey an expectation. And over time, I'm, I'm literally a living testimony to the power of this because subconsciously or even unknowingly, I was communicating expectation to a co-parent. And over time, you know, the course of several years, behavior has changed to meet my expectation of reality. Okay, why, why do you think that is? Because I have <clears throat> placed, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> because not only have I placed an expectation upon a certain um, relationship or interaction, I place an expectation upon it, but also place consequences on those failures to meet those expectations. And what are the consequences, Tony? Um, text messages ignored, phone calls not answered, <laughs> um, <laughs> subpoenas being issued. Oh, shit. Um, okay. okay, okay. So, uh, see, and this is kind of complex because having expectations of another person's emotional state or temperament that's that's that gets you in hot water like well what you do when you know you deal with numbers numbers and emotions are different things emotions. numbers are, are rational you know what i mean emotions are even so m more easier and more susceptible to be controlled by the power of expectation than our numbers Emotions are things that are that drive your behavior. So if I can place an expectation upon your emotions and expect that you do this, then unless there's a better reason why you won't, or unless there's a uh, safer reason why you won't, then subconsciously you have no choice with continued demand placed upon your expectations. There, there, there's a innate sense 
that there will be compliance with the expectation. Either that or you will be dismissed. So <laughs> dismissed, honey, what are you a school principal? So what you're saying, okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to fuse our two theories together because I'm all about, you know, I'm all about self-help. I'm all about providing the best for the people that trust me to help them. And if I could help them to see things in a different way, then it makes their lives better. And, you know, I'm happy. So am I failing my clients by teaching them that their expectations should align with reality? Because that's, that's not making them kind of make this other person in their life step up, step up to the plate and be better. No, I don't think that at all. I think that you have given them a strong foundation. I think that in order for us to ever define expectations, the very first thing that we must understand or even determine is where we are. You know, you can't ever figure out where you're going unless you know where you are. So with you, your, your perspective challenges an individual to look at reality as it exists today. All I'm saying is that now, once they determine where it exists, you have to, um, I guess, decide within yourself if you are happy with the way reality is. If it's not, then place an expectation on where you would like for it to go. Okay, most of the people that I deal with come to me because they are unhappy with the way that reality is. They, but the... The variable here is things that be, exist beyond their household and beyond their control. You know, I, I could be unhappy with things that are happening in other household, but what what influence do I have over that? You know what I mean? I feel like in order to have an impact and influence in a person's life, number one, they got to like you, they got to trust you, or they got to fear you. And if we don't have any of those things existing in, and let's use me, for example, I'm a stepmom. Um, you know, we don't have any of those things between you, our household, the one that you and me have together and the one that your kids live in. Um, then how, how could I place an expectation on like someone that's basically a complete stranger? It's like stranger danger over here. What you do is you have to, um, establish your value because no matter who or what each individual um, whether they want to accept it or even explore it to learn what it is. We all have a unique gift to the world and to, to, to each other. Um, the way that you do that is by um, advertising, if you will, your value. So if you create something in the life of a stepchild that is irreplaceable, that is extremely valuable, that in some way or another improves or betters the quality of their life, then over time, the... Um, the troublesome or the or the other the other person. the other person they have no choice but to begin to back off because i mean i i think that at the core of each of these people there is a love for a child so over time not to say that it'll happen on the first interaction or the first occurrence but over time the value that you bring to that person's life should supersede the hate that the person has for it. the value that you bring to the child's life should supersede the hate or the dislike that the co-parent have for you it should it should you know should is should is a, a heck of a word it's should one would think but man i've seen hate regenerate and take on different forms and i, I didn't even start using the word hate until it was starting to be directed at me and my own 
family situation because like y'all y'all met my mom nancy nancy did not allow us to say the word hate we couldn't say lie there were certain words that were like curse words in our family and so it began to be directed at me and i guess i did start to include it in my vocabulary because it was thrown at me so much um that's something that i have to really work on eliminating again but i, I guess i don't know i mean on one hand if you say because I feel like I would be setting people, and even let's use me for example, I'd be setting myself up for failure if I expected, oh, you know, I'm going to be super nice. I'm going to love my stepkids. I'm going to do for them. They're going to have amazing stories when they get back. There'll never be an instance of me being unfair to them or mistreating them. I would expect that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I expect a damn thank you. You know what I mean? And not just like, you're the person that I'm married to. I vowed to be a good stepmom to the three kids that and, that I was entrusted, that you entrusted me to, to the, cause that was an agreement between me and you, not anyone else, not their mother, not the kids, just me and you. So I, I would expect at this point, you know, like dang, acknowledgement, a thank you. Uh, but my reality is, I'm not yet going to be able to get that. And for reasons beyond my control, not because I haven't been a good person, because we everybody knows I have. And so what I teach my clients and what I tell myself is not to expect that. My reality is I'm maybe in a situation where there's an individual that cannot see my value because of fear, hatred, um, lack of influence, whatever, you know? So I would be setting myself up for the okie doke now I do expect you to acknowledge me and you to be gracious, but you know, do I go out and tell a person, Hey, Hey girl, you need to tell me. Thank you. Like, I, I don't see it working. I think that, um, acknowledgement, thanks, gratitude that comes in a lot of different forms. And a, a lot of times, um, individuals who are, you know, looking for that and I'm not to say for validation, but for um, confirmation that their actions were, were good, you know, we, we, we expect, and I use the word expect, we expect to receive that in a, in, in a, in a very defined way. For example, um, if you do a, a nicety for somebody, you expect them to say thank you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what if you do a nicety for somebody and they, they smile and they wink, you know, or you know, in, in this situation, if you perform an act um, that's so, you know, personal as, you know, doing someone's hair and you would inspect, Which I did do. you I would did. expect someone to say, oh, thank you for doing that hair. But what if someone says, oh, that's cute. To me, that's them gratifying or showing appreciation for the service you perform. But there, there, there has to be an understanding of, of the level of I don't know, intellect or even level of, 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 of ability of the person, you know, they may not re return or So you're saying we speak a different language of gratitude. It's very possible. And most of the time that's the case. So we have to do as the more enlightened individual, we have to try to, to, to interpret their behaviors and trying to see, Oh, what, what they're trying to do here is be nice. Or what they're trying to do here is say, I thank you. But you know we have but they don't know how to open their mouth to simply say thank you or send a text message or an email that says thank you or even a, me a message back through you um that says thank you i mean i get it i at this point in the game where we are in our family 
I understand each and every personality that we're dealing with. Over time, that will happen. But what I'm saying, along the way, because this is a journey, it's not really like a, a destination, it's a journey. So along the way, what we have to do is acknowledge progress and celebrate that. That's all I'm saying. You know, there will be a point where you will get a letter and that these people will get letters and emails saying thank you, singing your prayers. Maybe there'll be a point, guys. Don't, you know. There will be a point. Our expectation makes it mandatory. There's going to happen. We expect that, so it will happen. It's not a matter of if, it's only when. So along the way, what we have to do in order to keep ourselves motivated is to celebrate the small thing. Celebrate, oh, that's cute. Because back in the day, it was, hey, go to hell, you know? <laughs> or don't touch my kid's hair. Or something like that. This is true. No, that's so that that's just what I got think. Okay, so from your perspective, it's a journey, and I get it. I like that. I like that. I might incorporate that in my teaching. So it's a journey, and my maybe me teaching people to align their expectations with reality, um, especially while they're in the midst of transition, is safe for them. But then when people seem like they're ready to take that extra step like all right guys we're gonna push it a little bit today now let's start to redefine our reality and that's a scary thing though because i can redefine my own reality all day every day i can say i'm gonna go and lose 15 pounds which i'm actually trying to do in real life right now guys i'm gonna go and lose 15 pounds and every day i'm going to make the moves toward that goal but i think you know what what your theory your opinion gets kind of skewed in is you know it there's other people because i'm te i teach from the family systemic theory that means the family is an entire system that is innately interwoven in one person's actions kind of at least cause a ripple in another person's life because that's how it is in our family people that i've never even spoke to and met face to face their actions can literally change the course of my day you know what i mean that's a scary thing. That's a, it's a, you know, it's a whole, probably a whole nother conversation, but how, from an emotional standpoint, Tony, cause this ain't numbers from an emotional standpoint, what, how do we lay expectations on people who we don't have any impact or positive influence over? We, we tend to think influence is only positive or negative. Sometimes influence is, 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 is just that it's influence. So, which a person will um, kind of take in subconsciously, which ultimately it drives our conscious actions. So a family is not just an inanimate object that doesn't exist. A family is, like you say, you teach it's a unit. It's, 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 a, it's a, a structure that has a tone, you know. And I think that the way we do it, again, it's not by determining or evaluating our daily functions it's about ex expectation being placed and being enforced so um you know I, I know that there's a lot of analogies i can give but just from the perspective of a family unit being an emotional um living thing when when, when there are certain behaviors or tendencies within the family that that we don't like then we have a responsibility to respond to those at, at the very moment that they happen and to identify why this whatever behavior or occurrence was not up to our expectation and how we can improve upon it 
Me personally, I'm guilty of it. A lot of times there were outbursts and, and things like that that I ignored. Um, as opposed to reacting to those by reinforcing my expectation. Hey, you won't talk to me this way. Or, hey, you won't. That's what we have to do. Now, a lot of times this this process takes longer than, than it should only because the expectation isn't properly being enforced or reiterated. Only because a lot of times when it's easier, very much easier. So are you saying that you shouldn't ignore? Because my thing is anytime there's been an outburst directed at me or disrespect, I block. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a third party in this whole thing, you know, as far as it's concerned. So I feel like I don't have to, you know, I'm the last person that should be teaching expectations. The only expectation is if you send me something crazy, I ain't going to get it because I'm not going to see it. No, that works. 100% that works. The only thing I'm saying is that takes more time. Um, now, that has been the approach that I've taken only with that situation because the amount of effort and energy that it's going to take for me to constantly... Rework and rewire. Yeah, re reinforce my expectations. You know, um, impose consequences for failure to meet my expectations. All of that effort and energy is going to take. I'm not really at a place in my life where I'm willing to invest that. Um, now, there are certain limits that I've had and that I have enforced that have resulted in my reality being what I expected it to be. And the reason why is because, again, I set forth an expectation when there was a breach of my expectation i imposed a penalty and and what, when you say a penalty it sounds kind of like you sounds like you're speaking toward a child or a subordinate what's a penalty though a penalty is you know it, it, a penalty is several things you know in in the very specific sense that i was speaking of just now i had an expectation that i will not get any text messages or emails with curse words hey let's just speak as adults respectful. as respectful individuals let's respect ourselves let's do and that one another. whenever there was a breach of that expectation i didn't respond and when i didn't respond it generated tons and tons and tons of subsequent emails and and, and it seems that each one that came had a, a more irate and a more uh direct tone they were ignored so what happened days later, maybe hours later, I received an apology or I received a rebuttal or just something to try to undo all of the damage because my expectation was that I won't be spoken to this way and I'm not going to respond to it. So in order for an individual to speak to you or to even interact with you, they have to behave a certain way. That's your expectation. So the reality is they behave their way in order to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I get that. And in that case, especially in a case like my husband's in it, where he has to communicate um, with an individual, then yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Whew, it's just, this, is, this has been a good one. This has been a good one. And by the way, guys, like this is mostly how me and Tony fight. We have these conversations and then it'll start off and sometimes I'll get kind of loud and then we'll pull out our references and we'll go find a place in the book or I'll go to Wikipedia, Wackopedia, where I found my source and he'll pull out one of his sources and we'll literally have a, a we'll have like a resource field conversation. Um, but, you know, I, we learn things from one another. He's learned to tap into his more emotional side. And because of him, I have learned to be extremely methodical 
and strategic in my thinking. And no shade to the ladies out there, but you know, a lot of us are led by our hearts and, and our emotions. And in situations like this, especially in blended families, that's probably not what you want to lead with in the beginning. All right. Tony, you have any, any final words? Anything you want to say to the people? Any advice you want to give to the dads out there? Because, you know, fellas love hearing hearing dudes' voice. Give the dads like a, a attaboy or something. Your expectation creates your reality. Your expectation creates your reality. Your expectation creates your reality. <laughs> oh, God. All right, everybody. I'll see you all next time. This has been I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Oh, and Tony was here today, too. I'll see you guys next time. I know I'm doing crazy. I know I'm crazy. With Naja Hall.